as we begin worship this morning, um, we're going to begin with a new song. And as we sing this new song, um, if you're familiar with it, um, please sing along. Um, if you're not, um, feel free to listen to the lyrics, um, to just meditate on what they mean. Um, and I hope as we sing, we can use this as a prayer um, to remind ourselves that um, even though we celebrated Easter last week, that um, we really celebrate and proclaim Christ's um, resurrection and his victory every single day. So if you could join me in singing King of Kings. In the darkness, in the darkness we were waiting without hope without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin king the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt Let's sing that again in the darkness. In the darkness we were without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin king, the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Praise the Father. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. God of glory majesty praise forever to the king of kings to reveal the kingdom's coming and to reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross, for even in your suffering, you saw to the other side, knowing this was our salvation, Jesus for our sake you died. Praise the Father. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. And the morning, and the morning, 
that you rose all of heaven held its breath till that stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel shall not faint by his blood and in his name in his freedom i am free for the love of jesus christ who has resurrected me Praise the Father, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three one, God of This is my father's world. This is my father's world. And to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the this is my father's world i rest me in the thought of rocks and trees of skies and seas his hands of wonders This is my father's, this is my father's world. 
The birds their carols raise, the morning light, the lily white, declare their Maker's praise. This is my Father's world. He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me This is my father's world. This is my father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is a is my father's world this is my father's world oh let me never forget that though the wrong seems all so strong god is the Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your gift of Jesus. We thank you that we can um, celebrate this together, uh, even when we're physically apart. And we thank you um, last week that we were able to celebrate Easter together. And Father, every day you would remind us of just the gospel of truth that Jesus came and died for us as sinners, but that he also 
resurrected, um, that death could not hold him. And Father, we pray um, that we recognize that not only did Jesus conquer death, but Jesus paved the way uh, for us to be reconciled to you, our Father. Father, we pray that we would recognize you as our Father and that we would come as your children, that we would come hungry for you and hungry for your truth, hungry for your love and hungry for your will. And Lord, um, even though um, all around us um, we are beseeched with enemies and even though um, there is much discouragement around us, Father, we pray that we would not be discouraged, but remember that you, Lord, are ruler of all and that you are in control. And so we lift ourselves and this service of worship into your hands. We pray that it will be pleasing to you and honoring to you. And we pray this all in Jesus Christ's holy and precious name. Amen. Turn the time now over to Kevin. Good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning, church. Um, oh, am I muted? No, I'm not. Right. Okay. You can all hear me. Good, good. Um, yeah, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, so good to see you all uh, at our uh, PCC worship. Um, this is very exciting, even though we are not physically in the same place. Uh, but I can see all of your faces in my, on my computer, which is very exciting. Um, so uh, to start today's service, um, I just want to uh, remind uh, everyone, uh, first of all, if you have just joined us, um, we recommend that you turn on your video. Like I said, I can, if I, we can see your face, that would be great. Um, everyone, um, um, you know, can, can have turn on the, the video. Great. And it will also help too when we are uh, doing our uh, prayer because uh, those who want uh, to submit their prayer, we need to raise a hand later and, and do that so that uh, I can get uh, the attention, your attention. Um, okay, uh, for offering, uh, I just want to remind everyone that uh, we are still collecting uh, offering uh, every week. Uh, you can uh, write a check and send it to uh, directly to our uh, physical address uh, at PCC, or, or you can do a, a bank transfer uh, um, that uh, you, know, you set up a uh, transfer from your checking account, and directly send it to our church too. And the information is on our website. Uh, please refer to our apps website for physical address. Okay. Um, I have a few announcements in here uh, just to get you uh, your attention to these. Um, and by the way, if you want a bulletin, it is actually also on our website too. Uh, so this week's bulletin, uh, you can download directly from there. Um, the first thing is uh, our church annual spring cleaning, and obviously um, we cannot physically be there, so we are uh, postponing it to a later time. Uh, we will announce that uh, as that time comes. 
Uh, also, um, right now, uh, uh, the church is in the process of organizing a uh, team of people that who can actually uh, help to respond to this um, uh, coronavirus crisis, uh, meaning that we uh, need people uh, to volunteer uh, in maybe delivering food or um, in, uh, needs uh, from financially or prayer need and all that. If you are so willing to help, uh, please let uh, Pastor Adam know uh, if you want to serve on that team. And at the same time, we're also reaching out to all of you uh, who might need uh, some of those services, um, like uh, delivering food to you, or your home, homebound cannot go out and get food, uh, your, or you're suffering financially, or as well as you um, need prayer in your life, or you pray for anything that is happening uh, in your life, please uh, let us know. Uh, contact us directly uh, through Pastor Adam. Um, the information is on our website also, so uh, please keep that in mind. Um, okay. Um, I think that's most of the uh, announcement that I have. So I would move on to our congregational sharing and prayer time. Um, so this is a uh, time that we will hear uh, from you uh, to uh, let us know what your prayer needs are and as well as anything that you want to praise God for. And uh, due to the limited uh, resource and time that we have, I can only take three uh, prayers. So anybody who grabbed my attention first, the first three uh, I will take. So um, you can do by waving at your camera like that and get my attention and I'll announce your name. Did I see anyone this week? Okay. Anybody? Okay, if not, uh, oh, okay, Julie. Can someone turn on Julie's uh, mic, please? Thank you. All right, thank you for sharing for the team. I appreciate that and the church reaching out to our community and people within our church. I actually just got a, um, a message from my student that is in need. I talked to Gordon about it and they said they were fine. And then this morning I just got a message that I have a student in my class who um, is in need of food. So if they're from Brazil, and they just moved here maybe like six months ago and he's been my student, but uh, just pray for them. I know it's really hard on them and his name's Fernando. So, so please pray for them. Okay, thank you, Julie. Uh, okay, let me see. Oh, I see one hand, Kevin, uh, the other Kevin. Okay, all right. 
Uh, just to remember to pray for the elderly uh, that are in the uh, homes. Uh, sometimes it's difficult for them to get medication and uh, for families to care for their elderly. Uh, we have this issue with my mom. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I see Louise. Yes. Hi. Um, so I um, talked with my grandmother yesterday, um, and I heard that she had fallen on Good Friday pretty bad on her head um, and got um, cut open. Her eye was damaged a little bit, and she broke something in her arm, and her entire forearm's just black and blue. And she lives by herself, and she's 90 years old, and she's not a believer. Um, and so I just like prayer for her healing, also just prayer for her heart to continue to be open to um, the things of God. Thank you. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Okay. Well, so thank you for sharing and uh, we will pray for uh, these couple of items in here. Okay. So let's pray. Our gracious Father, our Savior, thank you for this morning that we can come together as a church to worship you, to praise you, and to also um, be reminded of your sacrifice for us. Father, thank you for sending Christ to us, to this earth, to walk the walk that you prepare for him, and also died and died and also raised three days later and showing that how deep your love is for us and you spare nothing in order to redeem us and to pull us back to you so that we can have a complete relationship with you. Father, as we come together this morning, uh, we continue to pray for the situation out there, Father. And um, uh, there are many people who are um, suffering during this um, condition uh, with this coronavirus. Um, many are isolated, many uh, cannot uh, go on with their normal life. And uh, uh, there are people also who lost their job and uh, financially they are in difficulties. Father, uh, may you help us uh, as a church. May you help us also individually to reach out to those uh, who are in difficult conditions. Pray for uh, Julie's uh, student. Uh, Fernando, uh, his family uh, is in need of food and is, you know, and also financially, I, I suppose, Father, that you will uh, provide for them, Father, you will help them to uh, get the need, get the physical need, uh, uh, you know, for the family, and as well as, Father, may you also shed light into their life that uh, helping 
them to see that there is someone caring for them and you are care care for them father we also pray for uh, elderly people uh, in our church uh, in our community um, that they are uh, the one that who are the most vulnerable they are the one that who uh, cannot uh, you know, physically going out because of the high risk that they are facing uh, may you also help us to uh, also reaching out to them and helping them uh, especially with uh, Kevin Echo's uh, uh, family uh, that you uh, take extra care helping uh, you know people to reaching out to them and delivering the medicine and the food and anything that they need uh, to sustain their life father we also pray for Louise's grandmother who have taken a fall and get hurt uh, badly um, with her body father may you um, provide uh, healing to her body during this time and um, helping her to be able to uh, heal her broken arm and uh, other areas that sustain injuries and most of all father we do uh, pray for an opening uh, in her spiritual eyes that she'll be able to see uh, all this care uh, actually coming from you because you love her because you uh, are the one that who really uh, care for her not just physically but spiritually so i i do pray for an opening um, in this regard father we also thank you for once again gathering us here today and i pray for elder gordon as he is received uh, releasing the message to us may you help us to see father that uh, you are the light of the world that you are the one that we are so desperate in need in our in our lives father and may you anoint him may you open up our eyes and our ears for your message this morning and i thank you and i praise all pray all these in your son's jesus christ's name amen so i'll turn the following time to elder gordon can you unmute me okay good thank you Well, it's been a special morning already. Thank you, uh, Calvin, for leading us through worship. Kevin, leading us through prayer time. Uh, this is special every Sunday, being able to do that. You know, two Sundays ago, we were able to celebrate together with the Palm Sunday, a very special time to remember Christ as our final Passover lamb. Last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, having time to uh, go over with Pastor Adam what it is to have a Christ that says, you know, we can come to him if we're thirsty. Uh, wonderful session time. That's the highlight in many ways of our calendar year as we celebrate uh, the resurrection of our Lord, bringing us new life. So I'm very thankful uh, just to hear some of the prayers this morning, especially Julie sharing about a special need. I, I think many of you in the congregation realize that it's now our job to help each other look out for our communities and i've heard you've done it already you've uh, given mass to each other um really touched me one of the congregation members got a stimulus check from the government and um 
they wanted to pass it on to another member. And it really touched me that they weren't just keeping it for themselves, but they thought, you know, other people at PCC could use this more than me and uh, they're passing it on. Uh, those things are really special. And I'm really thankful to see this congregation do this. One way to grow our congregation was to um, attend conferences. This week was a, a T4G conference, which Lydia convinced me to take a week off my work uh, to attend. Uh, and unfortunately, with all this um, COVID-19, I wasn't able to go, and none of us able to go, obviously, but um, Will and Jackie and Lydia and Pastor Hans, many others of you attended it this week. It was a tidal wave of theology coming at you as you uh, spent time listening to these speakers. I uh, just share with you one of them. Um, he's kind of on the right of your screen. His name is Kevin DeYoung, and he had a very good message uh, for us. And he was speaking about his own family. He had a 16-year-old, 14-year-old, 12-year-old, 10-year-old, 8-year-old, 6-year-old, 4-year-old. And he was telling us about this little baby, this little 1 or 2-year-old. And he said he was playing with him, and he was putting the ball in the basket. And the little baby would take it out and bounce on the floor, and he would laugh. He put it back in the basket and the little baby would pull it out again and bounce on the floor and laugh and laugh. He said, during the springtime, as we see the daffodils bloom, as we see the cherry blossoms come, year after year, we think of God as an old man, you know, making the sunrise every day. But he sees God as a very young God, full of life like his little baby making the sunrise, making the flowers bloom, bringing us new life every spring and just laughing and bringing us joy. And I hope as you have a chance to go outside and see the new blossoms, we have a young God, an enthusiastic God, one that is just ready to do new things with us every day. And that just helped me understand a different picture of our Lord, uh, not as old, but as one as bringing us the very best every morning, every spring. I'd like to point you back at our church. These are the different ministries of our church. This is not inclusive, all of them, but we just had uh, worship still being done by Jackie and Calvin every week. Last week, had, uh, Adam help us with the pulpit ministry, and soon we'll have someone else bring, coming alongside to help us with the pulpit ministry. And again, the first time ever we had uh, communion online. Hopefully you'll be able to stay today for our white harvest. And I love dropping in on all of your fellowships, your cell groups during the week, continue to meet. And um, our pastors and elders, our council meetings become more frequent as we go through this crisis time, how to meet the needs. Our church continues to grow and to meet the needs. I'm so thankful for each one of you contributing in different ways to make uh, PCC continue uh, to be the body of Christ. When Jackie shared with us that video last week, it really made me cry. There were one part of many parts of this body, this living body that um, God has given to us. Uh, it grows and it continues to grow. The COVID-19 can't stop it. And I'm very thankful. Uh, week in, week out, we have opportunity uh, to see that. And through those prayer requests and that time of worship in your cell groups, I hope you don't forget God has continued to grow us into one body. Okay, if you'll stand with me, I'm going to have Kevin read our scripture today. I'm going to put this up and let's all rise as we read our scripture together. Kevin, if you read for us. Okay. Let's read. 
When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus replied, in your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. Then he asked him, where is your father? Are you greater than our father Abraham? Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, your father Abraham rejoiced at the at the thought of seeing me uh, seeing my day he saw it and was glad very truly i tell you before abraham was born i am at this they pick up stones to stone him but jesus hit himself slipping away from the temple ground this is god's word Fathers, we stand and acknowledge that this is your word. We also stand in reverence to Christ, the light of our life, the light of this world. As we see him present himself as such, may we find he's the very light of our life, that we can trust him. He is our guide. He's the one you've given to us to walk us through this life. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So we're going to go over two themes this morning. Our first theme is light of the world. Uh, that Kevin just helped us read through. We'll understand what it is for Christ to be a light of the world. And then secondly, how does the Father lead us? How does our Heavenly Father give us guidance in this life? Let's look at, a look at our first part here, Christ as light of the world. We know that this is not the first time we see this in John. We see it in chapter 1. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So it's John, the writer of the gospel, teaching us about Christ, that he is our life, and that life is kind of equal to light. You think about light, it's Christ. You think about life, it's Christ. It's one and the same. And then Christ himself teaches us in chapter 3, the light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. So we could substitute Christ for light. Christ is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than Christ, because their deeds were evil. Christ is teaching us. He's here, he's light, but men don't want me. And we're going to see that very clearly in this passage that uh, men do not want Christ. We do not want light to expose the darkness, the sin in our lives. So we look here at the Passover feast that were happened actually six months ago. Christ's timing is always perfect. In chapter six, when Christ was talking about, or coming to the Passover feast, the feast of the unleavened bread, the feast of the first fruits, what does Christ do during that uh, special Passover feast? 
You remember, he provides bread and fish for the 5,000. And what does he say? How does he address himself during that time? I am the bread of life. You guys remember that? The timing was perfect. And we talk about Passover, the unleavened bread, being freed from slavery. Christ says, I am the bread of life. Talk about manna. Talk about Moses in the wilderness. Now, six months later, if you look on the other side of the chart, it's now the Feast of Tabernacles. What is Christ going to say? How does Christ use this? His timing is always perfect. What does he say? I am the light of the world. So let's take a moment and look at why Christ would use this phrase, light of the world, during Feast of the Tabernacles. You guys kind of remember the Feast of Tabernacles. The Israelites were commanded to live in these little booths. It could be called Feast of the Booths um, also. And they put these little booths, these little tents, and they set them up all around the temple and they're to live in them for seven days. Um, I don't know if you remember, is this a happy feast or is this one of the sad ones? Uh, I say Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, would be one of the more solemn feasts where it's not uh, a happy one, but one where we present our sin sacrifice before the Lord. Tie the rope around the high priest's ankle just in case things go wrong. Um, this one is not one of those solemn feasts. This one's a very happy one. It says, celebrate the feast of the Lord. Rejoice before the Lord for seven days. For seven days, the Israelites are to be happy and to remember what God did. As they living in these little booths, they remember the cloud that led the Israelites by day. It would tell them where to go, east or west. God would actually speak out of that cloud, give them direction. The cloud would actually protect them from the a sun, that beating hot sun. The cloud would give protection for them. It was a guidance for them. It was leading them day in and day out. When the cloud stopped, they would stop. And then at night, do you remember? All around the tabernacle, every night, they would set up all their tents to face inwardly to the tabernacle. And quite possibly right above the Holy of Holies, the Shekinah glory, we'd find the pillar of fire every night, providing them the presence of God, providing them light, providing them heat. This was the glory of God being shown to them every single night. So what has happened to Israel over the last 400 years? Remember, God was very silent after the last prophet, the glory of God has been taken away. The light that was over this holy of holies is gone. The glory of God has departed from Israel. Until what? Until John the Baptist comes and says, hey, here, behold, the Lamb of God is here. He was telling us that something is coming. Something is new. And Christ himself says it here. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Here is Christ, the new Moses, saying the light is back. Your guidance is back. You're not in darkness anymore. You're going to have the light of life again, and it's through me. So very clearly, Christ's timing is perfect, telling us, I am the light of the world, the light of life. So I want you to stop and think for a moment. What is the light of your life? What guides you? 
What directs you? What gives you purpose in your life? I think for many of us, we think it's school, right? You know, school tells me where I'm going to go. School tells me when I need to start my study time. School is going to dictate what college I'm going to go to, what graduate school I'm going to go to, how many hours I'm going to work on these projects, you know, project after project I watch you guys work on. That kind of guides your whole day. It shapes you and molds you what you're going to be doing. Once you're done with school, you start thinking, okay, what's going to guide me next? It's probably where I'm going to work. I'm going to move to this city. I'm going to move to that city. I'm, I'm going to, you know, take my GREs. And I'm going to, you know, prepare myself for this kind of work world. It kind of guides your day from eight to five. It guides you how much work you're going to bring home. You know what you're going to do the next day. Work shapes your life. And then as you get your work in order, you might start thinking about what comes next in my life. Could be your boyfriend. And Matt, I'm never going to let you forget this, your hot girlfriend. You know, you're going to start looking for this. You might change your fellowship group. You might change your churches. Like, oh, they have more girls over here, more guys over here. You might move to a, you know, a different city to follow this person. And then your life might be shaped around your wife or your husband or maybe even your children. Your whole day revolves you know, around taking care of and watching over your children. What do my children need? That could be the guide or your direction in life. And now as uh, Julie and I get older, we start thinking, okay, we have those things settled somewhat. Is it time for us to start thinking about our retirement? We're still young. I like to think of our still young, but that kind of guides us. You know, in the next decade or two, we want to start thinking, where are we going to retire? How are we going to plan for this? What kind of preparations do we have to make? Now, when you hear me very clearly, I don't think any of these things are wrong. I don't think any one of them, unless the Lord tells you that we should not be pursuing. But there's a difference from pursuing these and making them part of our life versus making them the light of our life, making them the sole purpose that we're here, making them make every decision around those things. As we decide all these things, it's still Christ that has to be our light. It's still God who's giving us our heart and our vision and our purpose and our design for every day. And if he leads us through this path, through each one of these areas, wonderful. If he takes us on a different path, also wonderful. But none of these things can ever become our idol. None of these things can ever take us away from following the Lord. And we get the Lord, the proper place, being the light of our life, the guide, the purpose. Each one of these things will fall into purpose. So I think you'll have a chance during our White Harvest time to kind of wrestle with this a little bit more as you go into your groups. So as we think about that as the light of our world, let's think about the second thing we talked about, that the Father leads us. This is our second point. Let's go back to the passage that Kevin read for us. I am the one who testifies for myself. So Christ, through his miracles, through teaching after teaching, for showing, you know, uh, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me, uh, who is thirsty, can find water, is one test of, um, testimony. Who's the second testimony? My other witness is the Father who sent me. So Christ is very clearly saying here, you know, when the heavens opened 
And the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He's saying, not only do you see it through me, my father is the witness for me as well. And there's two that proves who I am. Well, this doesn't go over really big with the Jews. Here's the Jews' response to Christ telling them he is the light of the world. This is what they say. They asked him, where is your father? You know what? We reject your assertion. We don't accept this. You, you're claiming who your father is. Who are you? In verse 25, basically saying you're nobody. Who are you? Why are you saying these things? We don't acknowledge who you are. They're very hard on him. And this third one, they really try to stick Christ. This one, they're really pointing at him very hard. We are not born of sexual immorality. What are they saying here? They're saying, Christ, we or Jesus, we know you were born outside of wedlock. We know Joseph and Mary. We know that you know you weren't born under the correct you know Jewish law of being married. Something suspect about you. You're illegitimate. Don't you know that you know we don't recognize you as this type of, of child? They're really pointing at him very clearly. And in contrast to that, you know what? Abraham's our father. We take stock in Abraham. We don't know about you. We don't acknowledge anything about you, but we're pretty certain that our pedigree is right. We're on the right side. We're pure and you're not. So very clearly there's two camps coming out here where Christ is saying, I'm the light of the world. And then these who Christ says, you're in the darkness because they do not acknowledge Christ. You're in one of these two camps. I'd like to take away us away from this for just a moment and start thinking about our own lives. Start thinking about how your mother or father shaped you. As I look out on our congregation today, I can tell you uh, just about every one of you has played piano or violin, probably both. Um, each one of you has played a sport. Each one of you, uh, when you come to church, you address the elderly, those elders as auntie and uncle. Uh, your rice at every meal. Whenever there's noodles, you eat it with chopsticks. Uh, this is your mother and father shaping you. They've done all kinds of things for you. You know these things since you're a small child. These things are probably good because our parents are probably teaching us skills that we're going to need later in life, shaping us, molding us, making us into the men and women that we need to be. Um, I think in my own family, um, my father wanted us to play tennis and he sent us to tennis camps and tennis lessons. And uh, I kind of learned to serve dragging my right toe. So when I follow through in my serve, my right foot drags along the baseline. And over time that creates a hole in my tennis shoe. And that tennis shoe, you use that shoe long enough, it'll actually create a hole in your sock. And um, that's just the way I kind of learned to serve. So one day on the tennis court, my father was introducing to one of his tennis friends and he came over and I did my very best to look him in the eye and to shake his hand and introduce myself. And I thought I did a pretty good job. And my father pulled me aside and he said, I'm so embarrassed of you. And I was like, oh, dad, what'd I do? You know, I, I said my name, I, I, I shook his hand 
uh, I thought I did every time. He goes, no, it's your shoes. Your shoes make us look like we're homeless. And I like, <laughs> I was so embarrassed that I, I looked down my shoe and my, my sock was sticking out and my, you, know, you could see my toe. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I took that to heart, you know, and I do not let my children leave my house if we're going out in flip-flops because you can see their toes and, and their shoes and their feet and they look like they're homeless. And I, and I don't let them get on planes and their flip-flops and I don't want them to go out to eat in their flip-flops. It, it's shaped me and I'm trying to shape my children because I don't want our family look like we're homeless. You know? And so my children fight me on this, but I think it's for their own good. And there's many things in your family. I'm sure that your mother and father love you and have shaped and molded you certain ways. So that happens with our heavenly father as well, that he's leading and guiding us. We went through some of the accounts of Israel being led by a cloud. You know, they had to follow 2000 cubits behind that cloud. We don't get ahead of God. We don't get behind God. We follow God just at the right distance as he leads us. We think about um, all the prophets that God sent us. He's teaching us and leading us and showing us what he wants. And specifically, as we've gone through John, he sent us John to tell us who the light is. He's not the light, but I'm telling you, the light of the world is here. Behold the Lamb of God. He sent prophet after prophet to us to tell us about one thing. To tell us about Christ. Everything is about Christ. The whole scripture is about Christ. When he's leading and guiding us, he's always pointing us to the light of the world. He's saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I want you to follow Christ. And Christ himself says, I'm the light of the world. Follow me. You don't, you don't know how to handle school. You don't know how to handle your job. You don't know how to handle your father or your mother or your family. Look at Christ. How did he handle those things? We go to WWJD and we get the answer because he will always lead us through Christ. We always go back to think about how Christ would handle it. There's no one else we have to look to. Let's go back to our passage then. If we understand how the Heavenly Father leads us, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, to just think about this, these Jews are the believers. The Jews who had believed in him, these are the ones that are not against him in some ways, but Christ is pushing them, even those who believe him. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that's really fundamental teaching, that we follow Christ, abide in his word, always looking to Christ for the truth. Now he goes on to say, if you are Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. So he's getting back to some of the accusations. The Jews here are saying, you know what? We're Abraham's children. We, we know what to do. We are of pedigree. Then Christ just points out a very simple fact. If you're Abraham's children, do what Abraham did. Abraham, at 75, what did he do? He left his home. He left Haran, and he just went out. He didn't know where he was going. He just followed the God, you know, wherever he said, God, you want to go here? You want to go there? Abraham just left and followed God. And then at age 99, he entertains three visitors with hospitality. And many of you know, one of these visitors very possibly could be in the foreshadowing of Christ. He welcomes them into his tent. He feeds them. He gives them hospitality. And we just talked about in our prayer meeting, what we or the prayers this morning, about feeding those that need 
um, food, some of those in financial difficulty, we just pour out of our pockets, you know, just like Abraham did. You just help them. You just give them the things that God has given to you. That's what Abraham did. He entertained these guests. And when, when the guests told him, at this time next year, you're going to have a son, he didn't laugh. Sarah laughed. Abraham did not. And he believed them. And he said, okay, you know, even though I'm 99, um, if God tells me I'm going to have a son next time next year, he believed God. So Abraham set a wonderful example for us about following God, about letting God be our guide. He set the example for us. So how did the Jews respond to that? They answered, we are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been the slaves of, any, of anyone. They didn't realize they've been enslaved by their sin. They didn't realize they've been enslaved by their own traditions, their own laws, their own pride. And Christ is exposing. Remember how he expose, exposes darkness. How can you say that we shall be set free? They didn't see it. Many times we don't see that same pride in our life. You know, these Jews took great pride in being of a certain tribe, of being circumcised, attending synagogue, obeying the law, obeying the midrash. These guys got it all right. They, they did everything right. And, and, and just like us thinking, yeah, you know what? I've attained these things in my schooling, in my job, in my family. We got it right. We don't need God anymore. We don't need God to direct us. But God is always there pointing us saying, you know what? You're not even like this little widow who gave everything. He always points at the darkness in our life. And as long as we follow the Lord on this earth, he's going to continue to shape and mold us, pointing out areas in our life that we need to change. Areas that are dark that we don't want anyone else to see. Things that we are taking pride in, he will slowly strip away. You know, be able to take those areas and mold it back to who Christ is. So let's go a little bit deeper. Christ is going to push us a little harder. In verse 56, this is what he says. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. What is Christ talking about here? Your father Abraham rejoiced. How could that be? How, how could Abraham rejoice at the thought of Christ? And you guys know what he's talking about. In Genesis 22, Mount Moriah, Abraham heads up the mountain, gets ready to sacrifice his son, puts his son on the altar and raises his hand and is about to strike and kill his son. And the angel of the Lord stays his hand and he looks to the um, thicket and he sees the ram caught in the, in the thorns. And he says, on this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Abraham goes to the thicket, finds that ram, and sacrifices that ram in, instead of his son. And we know that this is Jehovah Jireh, that God will provide on this day. And what Abraham should have said is on this mountain of the Lord, it was provided. He gave us this ram. It's done and it's finished. Thank you, God. But Abraham, being so close to God, knowing the heart of God, said on this mountain, and again, many commentators think Mount Moriah is Golgotha, the same place. On this mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. What, what's going to be provided? It's already done. And he knew that someday 
the perfect sacrifice, the final Passover lamb, that Christ himself would be provided. He didn't know how or what exactly what it looked like, but what he said is, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, and he saw it and was glad. Abraham, if you're like Abraham, you look forward to Christ. You look forward to what Christ has done. You look forward to what Christ has, has accomplished, and we, and we know, just like Abraham, look forward, you know, thousands of years, we look back 2,000 years, and we're glad. We're glad that God provides. We're glad that God has given us everything we need. That this greatest act in Hebrews 11, he said, he, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, even though at Abraham's time has never been done. And so in a manner of speaking, he received back Isaac from the dead. This was someone who trusted God with Isaac, trusted his future to the Lord. It's an amazing man, this Abraham. If you want to be like Abraham, look to God as your guide. Look to Christ as the light of your life. Okay, you want to go a little bit deeper? Let's go to the last part of this passage. And this passage will bring us even deeper in, into what uh, Christ is saying here. So we understand that Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing Christ. He saw Christ and was glad. He's going to go a little bit further here. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus said, before Abraham was born, I am. Okay, so he... What he said before about Abraham rejoicing, seeing my day, might have gone over the Jews' head. Maybe they didn't understand what he was saying there. And it's hard to understand at this time before Christ's death and resurrection. But he's going to say something now and says something that the Jews are going to completely understand. Before Abraham was born, I am. Ego eime. What is he saying here? He's saying, you know, all the sacrifices that you guys make at the temple, that's for me. When you were circumcised and dedicated your life, that's for me. Every time that you go and put tithe in a box, all that money you put in there, all that stuff is for me. And really, I am deserving of everything. I created Abraham. I created the Israelite race. I created this planet. I created this universe. Everything revolves around me. I am God. I am who I am. And this was not lost on the Jews. They knew exactly what he was saying. And they could not stand it. And you read on in his passage and you see they pick up rocks. We are going to stone this blasphemer right here now. We, if they could crucify him right now, they would. Christ is greater than everything that has come before him. And he is standing there and saying that right to their face. You bow down to me right now because I am your God. I am the light of this world. I am your creator. You owe me everything. And that is true. And we that know Christ know that he is a gracious God. He's a compassionate God. We should be prostrate on our knees and begging for forgiveness. But because of his grace, he sent Christ not coming and riding in and pronouncing judgment on all of us as we deserve, but providing a final Passover lamb. One that tells us that I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray as we close. Thank you, Father, for this message 
that everything points to Christ. That when he says, I am, we know him as our God, our creator, the one that we need to bow our knee and humbly ask for grace and mercy that we don't deserve. Thank you that Christ delivered that grace and mercy on the cross, allowing us to have forgiveness of sins, complete redemption from all of our past, all our present, all our future sins, that in him and him alone, all of our sins covered. Thank you that his blood covers all of our sin. Thank you for being the light of the world. And more specifically, thank you for being the light of our life, that every day, every moment, we can turn to Christ as our light. And he promises never to leave us or forsake us. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask Calvin to lead us in a hymn of response. Thank you, Gordon, for that message. If you could all join me in a song of response. Into marvelous light. Into marvelous light I'm running. Out of darkness, out of shame. By the cross you are the truth, you are the life, you are the way. I once was fatherless. I once was fatherless. A stranger with no hope Your kindness waking me Waking me from my sleep Your love it beckons deeply A call to come and die By grace now I will come And take this life Take your life Sin has lost its power, death has lost its sting. From the grave you've risen, victoriously into marvelous light I'm running. Out of darkness, out of shame, by the cross. You are the truth, you are the life, you are the way. My dead heart, my dead heart now is beating. My deepest things have Your breath fills up my love. Now I'm free, now I'm free. My dead heart, my dead heart now is beating. My deepest things now Your breath fills up my lungs. Now I'm free, now I'm free. Sin has lost its power. 
death has lost its sting. From the grave you've risen victoriously. Into marvelous light I'm running. Out of darkness, out of shame. By the cross you are the truth. You are the life. You are the way. Lift my hands and spin around. See the light that I have found. Oh, the marvelous life. Marvelous life. Lift my hands. Lift my hands and spin around. See the light that I have found. Oh, the marvelous life. Marvelous life. Sin has lost its power. Sin has lost its power. Death has lost its sting. From the grave you risen victoriously. Into marvelous light I'm running. Out of darkness, out of shame. By the cross you are the truth. You are the life. You are the way. Into marvelous light I'm running Out of darkness, out of shame By the cross you are the truth You are the light, you are the way Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for just the gift of Jesus, Lord. Father, we we ask that you would just soften our hearts to recognize our sin, to recognize our rejection of you, that we ourselves, um, even though we deserve death, uh, we still cling on to um, the earthly ways. And Lord, it is through Christ, through your spirit, um, that we, uh, our eyes have been opened. And we pray that you would every day continue to open our eyes more and more to the depths of our sin. And so likewise, open our eyes more and more to um, just the greatness of the cross, the greatness of Christ. And Father, we pray that we would lean on him that we would uh, put our faith in him alone, um, the lamb that was given for us, that we would run towards the light of the world and that light would shine through our lives to those in this world as well. So we pray this all in Jesus Christ's holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you, Calvin, for getting us 
our hymn of response there. Thank you. Okay, good. Okay, you won't be seated. Okay. So before we close our service, uh, we have a very special announcement for a, um, let me just bring up our sign. We're going to welcome Pastor Hansan to be the pastor of the Pittsburgh Chinese Church. So after two years of working and preparing for a pastor, God has blessed our church with Pastor Hans and Irene. You guys know them. I'm going to give you a picture of them here. This is uh, a wonderful picture of them. We know um, Pastor Hans um, comes to us with great training. Um, but as you may have known him over the last few weeks, a great depth and a great love for our church. Uh, he wants to be here. He said, you know, Gordon, even after I have to rent, and this is Irene, she said, I want to be in Pittsburgh. Even though we can't see them. I just want to be in Pittsburgh. And they have such a deep love for you already. Um, they've come to your cell groups. They come to your fellowship. Um, they're starting to attend out of the White Harvest. And it'll be starting with council meetings. Um, they just want to be here, and they want to serve you. And I'm so thankful that God has blessed us uh, with this family. Uh, here's the boys here, uh, Emmeth and Johanna. I hope you're spelling your names right. If I'm spelled them wrong, I apologize. Kessid and Tobiah, uh, this wonderful family that will soon be with us. We look forward uh, to them coming. And so um, I thought about welcoming them here to Pittsburgh. This is some of the things that I found uh, with the pastor. We need to be doing for our pastor as he comes. We're going to be praying for our pastor. This is from Jeremiah 3. Then I'll give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. Um, that is the pastor's role. Um, to be men and women after God's own heart who will feed us on knowledge and understanding. And I don't know if we could have found a better pastor to feed us on knowledge, understanding, grace, mercy, and love. Um, I think you'll find that. Um, so in response to what the pastor will do for us, our job is to unpack them. When they come to Pittsburgh, we're going to help them find a place here. And I want every one of you um, to cook meals for them, uh, come to the house to unpack. Uh, they want to entertain us there when they come, when they're all unpacked. And then one of the things I read that we're supposed to do for our pastor is always say our name. You know, there's so many of us that we need to introduce ourselves. We can't expect them to always know our name. So when you see uh, Pastor Hans or Irene, say your name, introduce yourself. So they don't have to fumble like, uh, say your name. And soon they will catch on very quickly out of who you are uh, and um, know you by your first name. But those are our jobs to them. So just a few more things here. I want to um, welcome Pastor Hans. I have a little box for you when you come to Pittsburgh. I'll show you what's inside the box. This is um, a place that Hans says he doesn't like to eat, but you know, Pittsburgh is the home of the Big Mac. So you have a gift card waiting for you here to take you to where the Big Mac was originated here in Pittsburgh. And also in a box here, something very important. And this is for you. It's the keys to PCC. So when you come here, 
you'll have your own key, uh, Steeler logo, of course, uh, to the church. And Pastor Hans told me that he doesn't leave church till like 6 p.m. on Sundays. So he's going to be there a long time. You're going to have to lock up the church, shut off all the lights. This will be your I'd like to introduce Pastor Hans, if he could come on with uh, Irene. And he's actually going to close our service uh, with his benediction. Uh, Pastor Hans? From our family, we have much joy that the light and the life that Elder Gordon unpacked for us today, as that light and that life has been guiding us, that he has guided us together with you. And I would pray that that would be the mark of our fellowship together, that we would, just as Elder Gordon preached to us this morning, that we would be guided by that light, by that life that came in the incarnate word, and that all that we do would go to the honor and glory of that glorious Savior who came that Abraham saw and rejoiced to see. And so let us also now receive the benediction because of that life and that life, this is possible. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Hans, Irene, Emmeth, Johanan, Gessed, Tobiah. Thank you for coming and being our pastor. We just can't wait for you to be here. This is going to be a magnificent uh, time when we're all back together, but especially as we get to welcome you um, as our pastor. Um, we do one more thing to close service, which we would normally do. Let's have Calvin lead us in our doxology, and then we'll get ready for our white harvest time. Okay. You can all stand. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here You may be seated. And now um, what we're going to do is go ahead and break out into our white harvest groups. If you don't have a group yet, just stay in the main room and uh, Lydia and Abby will find a group for you to go in. And then afterwards, um, that time we'll probably spend 
almost until 12 o'clock, almost 45 minutes for your White Harvest group. And then about 10 to 12 or 12 o'clock, we'll give you the option to come back into the main room uh, to join. So thank you for joining us today for worship. And um, we pray uh, each day for all the needs that came up in our prayer time, for ways to serve the community, for us to be one body in Christ uh, until we see each other again. Okay, thank you for joining us this morning uh, for worship.